Kat Thompson with Inside White Center. We're really happy to be here with you. And I'm joined by Zach Hamilton, who's Yo, also, also our producer, faithful producer, <laughs> and uh, Kim Nong Sang. That's quite the introduction there, Kim Nong Sang. No buckshots. And then uh, just wanted to. Uh, share with y'all today it's a beautiful beautiful day outside but we thought we'd come in and just um talk it out right and actually wanted to talk with you about inside white center and just let you know i don't know if we've ever really sat down and let you know who the team is yes and so the inside white center podcast team consists of myself pat and zach hamilton kim nong sang frank johnson lisa win and Christian Tautua, and you've heard from all of us before, at least once or once over the years. But um, right now, the three in the room are the three old school. <laughs> oh, geez, we're all older. The originals. <laughs> the self AARP. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> cool. Yes. The, the AARP. Oh, You're, A-A-R-P. You've knocked that off. <laughs> you got the card. Let me see the card. <laughs> Give me a couple years. Over the top. <laughs> ARP, that's foul. That was over the top. But we were we've just been sitting here chatting it up about um, what it's been like, uh, our lives in White Center, and um, Kim Nong had this awesome idea about just talking to each other about why we stay. Right, yeah. Kim Nong, is that yes. what you said? Yeah. Yes, I think you know we've done. I can't even keep count, but um, we've done a good handful of shows. I think it's very important to kind of just, you know, there's folks listening from all different walks of life, different places. But for folks who, you know, it's called Inside White Center. I think it's very important to know who the creators of the show is. Kind of, you know, the reason why they do it, where it's coming from, just to provide context. You know, like um, credentials, I think, is a big one. You want to kind of know, you know, like, who are these folks that are creating this? Also, what is their story, why they want to do it, yeah. and, and what their context is in regards to White Center. I think what we've been able to do is give very objective conversation and narrative on certain issues and, and, and just conversations about different things that are going on. But it is also very important for folks to, to kind of know who these folks are that yeah. run these shows yeah. together. So, you know what? I think we should start with the triple O-S-G in the room. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The card holder herself. (laughs) (laughs) Not just, not the card holder, but I mean the actual card giver, right? Right, right. Here we go. You should really try this. She prints it on the Xerox. (laughs) (laughs) I know what a ditto machine is. Right. Okay. All joking aside, Pat. Um, I think if we look at all the folks that's part of this crew, we're all connected by you. You've been doing this work for, I can't even remember, just because you've always done it since I could remember. Mm. So it's been a while. Um, And you still are doing it. And you see the neighborhood change in many different variations. It's probably, probably on what version 4.0 now yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe coming off getting ready to become 5.0 right. uh but but you're still here uh you live in the same area even the same house yeah. since you kind of grew up in 
So um, one would ask, you know, what is Pat Thompson's um, purpose for, for continuing to do work here and, and what? Wow, that's really, that's a that's little a bit different. Questioning than, here. Yeah. It's a little bit different than kind like of what we ta- exactly talked about. It's fine. But okay. What's funny about it is I was sitting in church today and um, I don't know what, why this happened, but I just wrote down my mission, my personal mission statement. Okay. And it's it's a mission. While you in church? Yeah, while I was in church, Man, I was writing down what my gifted. personal mission statement has been since before you were before here on this here. planet. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just remember knowing uh-huh. that this is it. So it's kind of deep, but sorry, it's Go. it's this. Hit it. My personal mission statement is to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to live a life that inspires, equips, and empowers the people who are in my life to do the Mm. same. Mm. And I mean, it might be a little heavy for this show, but that's what my personal mission statement is. And I, I hadn't thought about it in a long time, but um, there was something in church. There's something she said in the sermon that made me think I should, I should reestablish and sort of put this right in front of me because that's really what I believe I'm Mm -hmm. here for. Right. And when we talk about white center, I don't, when I was in college, I don't think you could have told me that I was going to come back and spend the next 30 years back in my old neighborhood. What, what were you yeah. thinking you were going to do? I really thought I was going to stay in eastern Washington. I loved Pullman. You know, I've, yep. I've kidded around with people that if you could put eastern Washington and drop it in the middle of White Center. Boom. And then take up that and drop that in the middle of the South Pacific. Mm-hmm. I'd be, I mean, that's heaven. <laughs> well, you might have to wait till heaven for that to happen. Yes. Or you grab some bulldozer and excavators. Right. Start branding. Talking about rezoning. Talking right? about rezoning. Re- this is what Pat wants. We're going to have to tear down some buildings to get things going here. But I think when I came home, my sister Margo was on a mission to get me to work with the youth, the mm. children at, um, at the church at that time and I was like no 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 and then she convinced me to do it and as I sort of got my uh, feet wet in that and reminded myself that I really am about you know youth engagement youth development all of it um, I realized that it was I wanted to do it here in White Center my home where I lived and loved Um, and I don't know there's just something about being, you know, walking around White Center and just knowing exactly, you know, where you're from and, you know, this is, you know, everything being so familiar and people knowing, you know, knowing who you are, even, you know, when you walk into the store and, you know, people Everyone are just, knows your yeah, name. Yeah. Episode of Cheers. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing is, is there's, there's a positive about that, but there's also, you know, not so positive, like, the people in your neighborhood store kind of know you for real, like, yeah. right? Because I've been to the store in my pajamas before, mm-hmm. right? And I've run into the wrong people. Like, yes. Sorry about this, right? Yeah. <laughs> but so there's that piece. Um, but also, as I've reflected over the years about why stay, you know, I, I just believe that, I definitely believe that God loves everyone, that, you know, there's the, that the God that I know has a deep, deep, deep love for everyone who's ever been created, everyone who's created and living here right now, and then yeah. everyone to come. Mm. But I also believe that God has a 
deep love and passion about place, you know, and about like the land, about where we live. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think he loves White Center that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. I've, I have this, I have, I do believe that God has a special heart place in his heart for White Center, you mm-hmm. know, and I'll, like that's, yeah. that's my flag. I, right. I've heard you state in the past that there was a time where we went through one of these neighborhood shifts and change uh-huh. and the demographic kind of switched up a little bit. Right. And then you came to a moment where you had to kind of face, is it the people right. or the place that I'm, I'm feel called to serve? Right. Can you let just let us know, like what went through your mind? Do you feel like you landed at a decision? Are you still kind of determining what that really looks like for you? Right. So, yeah, back in 2000, when, you know, we knew what was going to be happening in terms of um, the the housing, you know, and they were about to demolish all of the Park Lake homes and they would be rebuild and it would be a new place. And we knew families that were going to be leaving our neighborhood. And I remember thinking exactly what you said. Do I follow the people? Do I, Am I supposed to follow the people or do I stay with the place? And I think at that time, and I still feel this way, is that, you know, I feel like I needed to learn something about devotion to a place and what it means to build my life and um, build my life in a particular place and allow roots to grow into a particular piece of land, right? Mm. And so I think that, you know, we're always learning. I believe that that's been the lesson for me or part of the lesson for me over the years, but... um, I'm, I'm okay with change. I don't, I don't really know if this is where I'm going to be forever. Yeah. Still evolving. Yeah, I'm still evolving. Yeah. I remember, this is funny. Well, I, I think you're going to be here forever. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you keep talking like that. We're going to have to find a cellar or something to lock you right. up in. Pat is down in Bellevue. <laughs> right. He sent right. an Uber to pick her up. Right. She needs to be back. She no, can't I remember, leave. You know, it's like Cinderella. <laughs> the clock strikes. Get back pump. to work, bro. <laughs> you know when, um, when we... I took kids to camp a long time ago, and Becky Stratton, yeah, one of the kids, just right out of the blue, she said, and we're talking about 20 years ago, right? Yeah. And she said, Pat, you're so lucky. And I'm like, why? And she goes, well, you're going to die in White Center, aren't you? <laughs> I said, that's lucky? She goes, yeah. And I said, why? And she said, because you know exactly who you are and what you're about. And I think that that's really lucky. Not that not everybody can say that, right? Uh, Which I thought, wow, what a, what a cool thing for a 15 year old to say and yeah. think, right. To be able to articulate that. But also, you know, I believed that at the time, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really just open for whatever is next, except for, I know there are pretty, there are some people that are not open Mm. For I am shut down, bro. <laughs> There's no no newness here. Yeah. I'm was, grouchy, and I ain't gonna let it happen. Was, was she a uh, person you worked with? Or? She was a kid. She was yeah. a kid. She was a youth that she. She was a youth that we were uh, in, uh, we were in Oregon at a okay. camp, okay. and just like one night before going to bed, she said, "You're lucky." Uh, she was like one of the guys. This girl, uh-huh. like she. She definitely got hurt a lot, but never showed it yeah. sort of thing. Like, she could take she on. She was tough. This girl was tough. She was tough. She but is tough. But for her to, like, represent it like that. Yeah, that's pretty. Kudos to her. Right. Insightful. For sure. Pat's yeah. going to die. <laughs> that's Speak, how I see it. Speaking of youth <laughs> that Pat used to work with, a person that's no longer a youth getting ready <laughs> to get his AARP card. <laughs> I got the great beard, beard, bro. 
Mr. Uh, I mean, we would love you, you're kind of in the background, but you're coming on and you're on the mic. And every time you are, I am just loving it. Your <laughs> jokes are fire. <laughs> no, nah, man, I just I just add a little bit of my soul in here. Man. That's about it. But 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 share with us the, the, the deeper Zachary Hamilton oh. that, that has been in this area. Occidental Street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Occidental, um, My man. family owns Occidental and White Dude, Center. Just going to let you know. know. We should write a book and a story and a movie about Occidental. <laughs> yeah. We would call it Occidental Ave. You know, I, 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 I'm three streets from Occidental. Like, I want to be by the fire, but I don't want to get burned. <laughs> I just want to feel the warmth. You need a thermal sort of I want the warmth, but suit to walk into yeah. that bad boy, man. Uh, well, yes, Pat has uh, taken me on. As a rough youth in White Center, uh, surprisingly, not a lot of people allowed me in sacred places like the church. <laughs> no, but uh, I, the reason why I like to be here, I, I, and I've committed to this when I was a kid, actually 18, ever since I started trying to help out with youth group, trying to figure out my mental, mm-hmm. you know, I know I wasn't all there at some points, but when I got a little older, I started to realize it even more, is that uh, I wanted to help rebuild the community I first destroyed and I, I wanted to to make it better leave it in a way where it was good for everybody else to kind of use it and thrive from it and grow from it as much as I did you know and that was my my belief mm. is that no man I, I've done so much to this community and they still allow me to be here mm. I want to do more for it and make it and rebuild what I helped destroy and that that was the mental that's why I still remain here. That's why uh, my kids are here. I don't think they understand the impact of that hmm. as much as, as I did when I was their age. But I'm hoping by the time I've achieved my goal here that they they uh, pass that along. You, you know what was interesting? Before we started this and we pressed play on the record, we had a conversation about different eras um, and how they reflected on this, this, this community and what it meant. Um, there's obviously a lot of folks who who uh, grew up in the neighborhood during the roughest time and make a really conscious decision to get away from it as far as right. possible. <laughs> yeah. No hate. You know, we do understand yeah. like that's right. sometimes necessary just to remove yourself from a, an environment that was not conducive to life. Um, but Or growth. Or growth. Yeah. But, I mean, you found time where it was rough for you, but yet... You made a conscious decision. I'm gonna stay here, raise a family. Right. Done incredible for yourself. Like, what 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 was different about your thought, and that made you decided? You know, I I, I shouldn't run away from. Well, uh, and also your brothers. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of my main thoughts is because yeah, I was a teen. I did grow up in the time where uh, people die. You know what I'm saying? There were yeah. gunshots. There were fire. You know, fire sirens going off yeah. every half hour. You know, that was something. That was kind of like something, a lullaby you fall asleep to, you know, the, the sirens going off. You, you didn't have that. It was a little nerve-wracking. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I've invested my brothers so much, and I, I wanted to help them, and I wanted to make sure that they, they didn't get stuck in the cracks and crevices of what White Center had to provide, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, that was my main focus was making sure the generations behind me that I've pretty much taught how to do stupid crap. Mm-hmm. And now I want to teach them how to do stuff that's going to allow them to survive, mm. allow them to make it past this and, and, and invest in the community 
that invested in them mm -hmm. and, and, and see that there are some good people here that really want to do good for you and really want you to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I, want, I wanted to be that, that for my brothers and for the kids that I, I had in my life behind me mm. when I graduated. So I was like, man, it's time to make something different. It's yeah. time to be proud of what I have and, and uh, hopefully have some other people see that and, and get them to be proud of it and them to invest in it. And we got some, some cats my age that will still be around, but it's hard because mm. those memories of, of torment right. and, mm -hmm. and right. trauma and all right. that, it's, it's relevant. It's still relevant today. This is why most people have a hard time trusting yeah. because of that. But I'm one of the ones that want to pioneer, like, hey, man, there are some people that yeah. truly had your back yeah. and truly wanted you to succeed and, and, and engaged in your life yeah. and wanted you to do best, do the best you could. There's always a notion also like, oh, I grew up with you. We were in White Center. You still <laughs> go around that area? Yeah, dude. Like, it was right. not a choice. You just stuck there. Right. right. And I think you never, you know, fell, um, not victim, but you never kind of fell into that trap. Right, yeah. right. You feel like you needed to disassociate right. yourself from it. I mean, part of it is your past anyways. Yeah. You know, what what goals you've achieved because of these these detrimental times, you know what I'm saying? And I feel I feel stronger and prouder more than anything of White Center because of it. Because I, I wouldn't be who I am today without White Center, without the people in it and the people that wanted to invest in that community. And that's, that's I want to do the same. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, plain and simple. I just awesome. want to do the same. Now for uh, Mr. Kim Nam Sang, bruh, bruh. Bruh, bruh. The rookie to the A-A-R-B right. You about to get the gold Let's card, go. bro. <laughs> yes, my back went out last year. <laughs> I made we it. We got them special walkers, man. <laughs> I was picking up a charger, and it went out. Oh. I made it. It's, it's, it's that. It's yeah. That, yeah, life. Yeah. Where you need to drink more core, water. Core muscles, too, man. That's more that, water, that more sleep. Yeah. Leg workouts and stuff. I think this is going to attract a, demograf a demographic of listeners, maybe over a certain age group. So I think mm. we're doing awesome with this topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you definitely sold a lot of AARP <laughs> applications, bro. <laughs> so yeah. I think, <laughs> I think you're making them. Yeah. We got to talk to them about a little bit of money kicked <laughs> way man yeah i think very early on i think um i walked along a lot of folks pat thompson um owen Sully, yeah um some just some folks who who um appreciated this area mm -hmm. and and the people i didn't leave it much so i didn't have a good context of what people thought about it i heard it as a kid you don't know what it really means or how it really affects you it felt like home but one thing that I can kind of look back on is, for some reason, I always felt protected from the the chaos that was there. I really didn't get into any trouble. Knock on wood, I'm still here, so it could come to me pretty soon in the next <laughs> coming whatever. But it's I, like an ocean. Don't turn your back yeah, on that. <laughs> I had cousins, families, friends that that just kind of never just made choices and and whatnot. And I look back, I was like, I didn't really do anything different, but I was just always protected from by people mm -hmm. and protected from um, a higher being. 
So uh, when I look towards like how I am, I can't. It was so much of this area that has kind of created who I am. Mm -hmm. I cannot say that I'm not a fabric to it, uh, of it. Um, you know, I look at a lot of like pivotal times, and I can kind of pin pinpoint a couple things that kind of come into my mind. I was a young person, graduated from high school, and I was going back to Evergreen High School, and I was DJing. Mm. And then uh, I told Pat the story. Spring before. fling. Oh, man. It was like one of those morp spring fling. One of those. <laughs> I don't remember morp. what it was. But I was DJing. I was one year removed from high school. <laughs> and I started a, a DJ company. And um, by that time, I was probably DJing for a little bit. But I remember there was a teacher. I'll say administrative. I'm not going to tell you a year because you guys look back and cancel her, but if you want to, I, I might have to co-sign that. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I remember her looking at me, and it seemed like, it looked like she was disgusted that I was coming back. I won't say disgusted. That's kind of, that was, that's really dramatic. I would probably Mortified. say. Mortified. No, she was just, like, confused. <laughs> and, like, she looked at me like I was helpless. And she asked me a question with so much assumption, like, why do you still come back here and want to DJ? Haven't you... Don't you want to explore the world? And at that point, right, I was traveling already. I had a passport. I was like on international. I left the country multiple Flights times. And all that, yeah. But being a, a young punk at that time, I'm like, gave her like, nope, I don't want to leave. I don't ever want to leave from here. I want to be here forever because this is all I know. I just played into the stereotype that she thought I was going mm. going in. But at that point, it kind of added a young person. I was like 19. I just thought. Why do people like have this? Th why do people teach here or not teach here? Why do people have this assumption about the kids that are here? Hmm. Like they're not capable. They're stuck here. Yeah. Uh, they they can't do anything here. So that that kind of lit some up. You know, like it kind of started off with some type of. It was a little negative, but that's just who I am. I build off a of negative energy, and I just <laughs> keep going. I love that. I got that chip on my shoulder, but. Um, <laughs> So that kind of that kind of like sparks some type of like I want to do good work um, just for that, you know, so no one has to feel like they're ashamed to be a part uh, to be from here. And that was back in I'll, I'll give the date that was back in like 2004 ish. So and then fast forwarded, I started doing um, international work um, back in Cambodia. And I remember I don't know what happened. I came from somewhere and I'm walking back into my hotel room and something just clicked like man, I need to get back to that neighborhood and and actually help be a part of it to rebuild and empower families that are from there. Mm. And I think I was just f coming from a village that was very impacted and empowered because they just organized very well. They had great leadership and they had great pride. And it kind of just sparked a little bit of like, they got some of the same ingredients from where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And they're doing it. They're yeah. not. They're not asking anybody for permission. They're just. They're just doing it. But they had very strong, accountable leadership. Very solid, just group of folks. And you know, when we go into these international missions, you get to kind of experience the village. And that that kind of that kind of sparked something. That was about 2005. So from that point on, I remember maybe a couple months later, I picked up the phone and I called Pat. And this was like 2006. I don't know if you remember this, Pat. Uh -huh. You probably, I picked picked up the phone. I was like, hey, Pat, um, I'm thinking about coming back to White Center, and I want to do something. She's like, oh, yeah. 
yeah. So she got me all these interviews, and I bombed them all. I didn't get a, <laughs> a job. What are this young yuppie with no experience? Um, oh, what young yuppies can yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, so I applied for all of these other stuff, and it was perfect. It just never worked out. But right. um, I just kind of kept at it, and then eventually landed somewhere uh, with a nonprofit that worked in High Point, uh, mm. West Seattle, and, and White Center. And from then on, it just trickled down into buying a house, raising kids, been here doing my thing. Um, and as I look, I still try to figure out, like, why am I here? Hmm. You know, like we talk about it. Right. Uh, me and my wife talked about it the other day. Like, it's not conducive to raise kids. I'll just say that mm-hmm. in this neighborhood. If you have a choice, there's probably some other neighborhood that's safer and everything mm-hmm. like that. Right. But I, I, I honestly feel like this. This is my home, mm-hmm. right? If I don't think that is operating in a way, I do have a responsibility to help assist changing it. I do have a responsibility to help empower the folks. I know there's families here that don't have the ability to advocate for themselves that I am connected towards, that I have a responsibility to do that. Um, and I think until that feeling is gone, I think I will st- we will still be here in some shape form fashion or whatever it is and i think we're even not close to it we're just kind of entering a new phase when i said 5.0 white center you is it's really at the beginning in my opinion of a changing neighborhood Mm -hmm. we have a high school that's coming in it's gonna look different there's gonna be more people wanting to attend it because now it's a newer high school it's not the ghetto one that everybody calls used to call it anymore we got new rezoning that's coming in we got million dollar houses we got hippie downtown white center and i'll i'll talk to i told you guys about this also now you get the phrase of my goodness this place is just looking so much better (laughs) so that rhetoric starts to happen and i always wondered this it's a great thing but what happens to the family that needs to still be here yeah can they still be here is there (coughs) services for them that's still welcome to be here or would it be too expensive for them um and if they have to move out, what happens to the businesses that right. have established because they've been here? Right. right. Um, we think about like the ones that no longer have any, you know, clientele because of the fact that everybody's moved out because mm. they've been. So it's kind of shifting and shaping. And you know, I, I understand stuff has to change right. and, and what not. Ripple and all. Yeah, yeah. But every single community has had their impact unintentionally planning. Right. Everybody mm. does that. There's only a segment that knows how to do it because yep. of mm-hmm. leverage, access, whatever you want to yep. say. Mm-hmm. But I feel like sometimes when you come into a poor neighborhood, those neighborhoods don't have that. So um, I honestly feel like that's my lane. Mm-hmm. That's the lane that I feel God has called me towards. Um, I work with incredible folks like you guys mm-hmm. that have incredible gifting in certain things. And it keeps me, hu- it keeps me, keeps me grounded and it keeps me... Um, it keeps me grounded and it keeps me motivated. And uh, the biggest thing is accountable. You know what yeah. I think is hard about that lane, that lane that you're talking about. It, I think it's the right lane, but it's it's there's so many <laughs> obstacles in that lane. But one of the things that I find that's hard about it is 20 years ago or even 30 years ago when Hope Six, that's what the grant was called, the yeah, federal yeah. grant mm-hmm. that came and they you know sort of introduced this. This is what's going to happen. We're going to make the, you know, we're going to demolish the existing uh, Park Lake homes. Yes, Park yeah, Lake yeah. homes. And 
But all that said, I mean, we knew that that meant families would have to leave. I don't think the county um, really had a good answer for that. I remember I was at a meeting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was at a meeting when they were talking about this, what was going to happen. This must have been in 1999. And it was, uh, there was a lady from the county there. And, you know, she was talking about this uh, grant that was happening. It was a federal grant. And, um, you know, the goal was to, you know, rebuild all of the Park Lake homes. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, I think this is right, there were 990 single family units in the whole um, projects. Mm -hmm. Park site, one site. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they were going to come back, they would come back with 700 single family units. And, uh, but like a, a fraction of those, I think it was a like a third, third was going to be designated for, um, section eight housing and the, the middle would be, um, uh, rent. people, yeah, <coughs> uh, uh, market, market rent. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other third would be homes that they would sell. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the question from the group was what happens to if a third of 700, what happens to the other, you know, the the two-thirds, 900 families that don't have a home. And she said, well, she said a couple things that just, like, blew my mind. She said, well, you know, White Center (coughs) has uh, carried the burden of poverty for this uh, county, and so we're going to disperse the poverty. (laughs) That was the plan, right? That... Kind of like the homeless. So she said, so those... <laughs> right? Correct. Kind of like the said, homeless. Saturated. <laughs> right. She sprinkle. said... You um, get a sprinkle of poverty. The, they're on the, the hook to, to find housing for those families. So we're going to, you know, they'll go to places like Kent and Redmond. I'm like, not mm-hmm. going to Redmond, lady. <laughs> Are you... Paying attention, I, they go to White Center Heights and they go to they go <laughs> to Evergreen put, and they go to Cascade. You really gonna move them all out? You know. And so then this guy said, so this guy raised his hand and said, "Hey, instead of dispersing the poverty, why don't y'all disperse the wealth? That would be much better for us, right?" And yeah. I just thought these are things that were said, and I've just been sort of thinking about those things over the last you know twenty five years, watching yeah. what's been happening in the neighborhood. So that's one thing. And then mm. I remember a conversation that I had with a young man, Mohammed. I think he graduated from high school around to like 20, must've been like 2013 or 14. But I remember him saying that he wanted to get into the medical field and he wanted to come back and he wanted to come back to White Center, that that was his goal. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, what do you, what will you do when you want to, when you come back? And he goes, right. well, I think I'd get a job here. And this is, you know, back in 2011, 2012, when we're talking, mm-hmm. I go, what will you do in White Center? Well, I go, I'll get a job. I go, you're in the medical profession. What will you do in White Center? And he just kind of, huh. And I said, yeah, so your community has a responsibility to sort of, we want you to come back. Yeah. But while you're gone and right now we're trying to build a place that is welcoming for you, you and your gifts because we, we want you to come back, right? Yeah. So it's kind of that, you know, holding this tension of wanting to build this place that is inviting for, you know, people like Mohammed who right. wants to leave and come back. But honestly, if they if you leave and you have this score of, you know, you have an education and you have talent to go somewhere else, and there's no way paid double. there isn't a place for you to white in White mm-hmm. Center. Then what, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
Mm-hmm. These are things that I think about. Yeah. I think sometimes I think it's really idyllic to want to come back. Yes. You know, like I came back. I'm one of those that come yep. back. Um, I didn't move too long. I just moved maybe a few years back when I was a youngin, but I did probably earlier 2000, mid 2000, um, in the 2000s, came back. Um, but now I face a different dilemma. Like I have kids. Right. Mm. This is not the same place that I was when I was a kid. Um, they are not walking around White Center, White Center Park. Coming home at ten. I mean, nah. I know, I didn't do it at their age, but I don't think I would let them walk home from school, nah. like I did. Yeah, so it, it's definitely at a different. Uh, Parents are a little bit more protective. Yeah, I think it might be just a societal thing. I don't know exactly if it's uh, specific to our area. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, no, but there's just too <coughs> too many crazy people out there, man. You got to fear for your kids and. Yeah. White Center, I mean, let's face it, hasn't had the the positive marks throughout the years that makes you feel very safe. Yeah. But the thing is, is that we do have people that still reside here that make it. Yeah. Safe. I think one thing that I've always kind of wrestled with is that we've been, the beauty of this community is this, we've been a community that has welcomed folks that were on the franchise or marginalized aspect of society. Mm-hmm. And created the best outcome for them. And they are the fabric that cultivated this neighborhood mm-hmm. for what it is. So we can celebrate in that beauty, but that also has another side of the, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. And then you still have the things that are still rough about it that sometimes we don't know where to draw the line and say, um, this is outside of the scope of what we want in our neighborhood. Yeah. Um, because we really want to continue to be that welcoming neighborhood. Um, I think I think as it shifts and turns, mm-hmm. I'm starting to find myself having more of those types of questions. And doing this podcast is kind of helping me kind of flush through those thoughts because I'm, I'm there right now, mm-hmm. you know, looking at houses in Lake Tass myself. <laughs> you know? Shit. Shit. I might be out there someday. Lake Tass. Man, we, we, uh, we're, yeah. I'm about to drain your lake, bro. <laughs> it's gonna be whole taps pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, if I'm looking at Berrien Lake, it's a private one. <laughs> Stop it, man. No, but uh, but th- those are some of the the thoughts that that we we've been having. You know, mm-hmm. just because it's different. You know, um, even though we feel like called to mission to do something like this, it is a tough place. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it is a tough place to be sometimes. Well, especially with resources being taken away and makes it harder for other people to uh, invest or do more for what the community needs. So it's like, uh, okay, now we got rezoning come in and yeah. what's that going to look like? What kind of other people are going to be? Is it going to be the same type of people that we've come accustomed to? I mean, what what are the languages? Almost 90-something different languages they here in White language Center. Language and dialects. Yeah, like that. you know, that it's the... This is what I've known White Center to be is the most diverse area I've ever lived in. And I've, I've lived in quite a few different mm-hmm. places. And there's been similar faces throughout. You come to White Center, and dear Lord, I mean, I've got, I, we would throw a party, Hamilton party. Everyone's invited. Yes, We've, been we to know few. all day. We we know all different creeds and cultures. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Had to leave real <coughs> early. But I have, I have family in, in Riverside that, you know, it's, 
mainly Mexican out there. Yeah. They come out here and they see this party and they're culture shocked. Yeah. Dear Lord, there's so many different people here. I, I don't even. I yeah. didn't even know this many people existed. Yeah. And that's the blessing yeah. of White Center. That's that's why I love my community so much is because we are welcoming to yeah. different cultures, welcoming to different dialects, welcoming to those people that have different thought processes yeah. that are willing to explain their heritages and, and the things that they've gone through. And that's what makes our community so strong. It's, it's a very subtle thing, right, when you say s- diversity, because you can yeah. get that all over the West Coast, yeah. right? I think what I what I seem to kind of feel like this is a little bit of a difference is it's not just diversity is the um, it's the mixture and the engagement of the different diversity. Yes. You go to California, it's very diverse, but it's very much so segregated. Yes. They got their own towns. <laughs> right. You know, like Cambodia town, yeah. this town, that town. <laughs> and nobody um, meshes, man. Nobody meshes. Yeah, it's kind of no hate, but kind of. Uh, it, it is diverse in a sense that it has a lot of different mixtures, but over here is is there's a lot of different mixtures that can really coexist and appreciate the yeah. differences very well, very much so. Um, so I, I hopefully I think I hope that's kind of the common theme that everybody says about this area. But um, no, yeah. it's not. At work, I mean, working construction, and anytime I tell someone from White Center, they're like, "Really? People die out there." What do you mean? People die everywhere, fool. I'm <laughs> still breathing. Like, I'm right? not dead yet, dude. <laughs> I ain't got no bullet holes or nothing, <laughs> well, bro. I'm, I'm living just fine, man. Well, I think um, I think people from here, people who grew up here like us, know that about it. I remember I was just thinking while you were talking about the lady that um, we grew up next to, the house next to us. It was the Mars house, mm-hmm. and it was a Chinese family, and they were there before my parents moved into the neighborhood. Okay. And they had four sons, and um, they were kind of the same ages as my siblings and I. And uh, Sue Marr was uh, kind of a, was a second mom to me. Like, she was the neighborhood mom to mm-hmm. me. And I just think, you know, my parents were very, they trusted her a lot with us, and they trusted the culture. What They trusted us to go into their home and enter into their culture because they knew that, you know, uh, Sue and Stan had a respect for my parents and our family, but we were totally welcomed into their culture. I mean, my parents gave her permission to, you know, beat us. Give us sasa. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no. Luckily, I didn't get it because yeah. she had a wooden spoon that was no, no, epic. A wooden spoon, right. <laughs> and, like, Lena got... Lena, Pastor Lena oh, got banged. Got, got, I could imagine that Pastor Lena. <laughs> she, because she was kicking the walls with uh, her with Dale, oh. you know, the son, and they were like kicking the walls. And Sue came in, she found them, and but I just think it's really uh, that that's the experience of a lot of white center kids who grow up with a different ethnicity neighbor, a mm. different a neighbor who was of a different ethnicity, and. Um, just kind of the ability for all these, uh, for children to be in the homes of different cultures, cultures yeah. right? And then that's just how they live. And like, you know, white center kids, I'm sure this is, it's like this in other schools, but I know that, you know, the kids at Evergreen, they have been in the homes and eaten the food and, you know, at spend, yeah. over, spend the night yeah. at 
you know, in the homes of families that were of a different culture. Yeah. Right. And so that's a whole other, that's a whole other education besides, you know, what was happening at school. And so you think about kids, you know, who are being raised in a, in a home that, um, where the culture is different than predominantly Caucasian white culture, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they walk out of their house and they go to school and that's a different culture that they have to manage, you know? And then they go to the, you know, they're hanging out with their friends, completely different culture that they're managing, yeah. right? And so like Kaladi, he's managing all these different, that's Kim Nong's son, he's managing all these different cultures just in his daily life yeah. because yeah. this is what is available to him, right? Yeah. I think that's so special. That is yeah. because you won't get that anywhere. Tell else. tell that story about yeah. about um, him choosing the the language when he went to White Center Heights and he could choose whatever language it, he can because it was to dual language school. Oh, here we and go. And you told him he could choose Vietnamese or Spanish. Yeah, no, yeah. So he decided <laughs> he wanted uh, Spanish. Is this the same story? <laughs> yeah, because you said go, you dude. wanted him to go with Vietnamese, right? Yeah. But he chose Spanish because. Oh, oh no. Okay. Yeah. That's it. so. No, he actually chose Spanish. It was, um, I think it was his his sister chose Vietnamese. Okay. Yeah, and I think are we on? Right, no. You tell me the story. I'm trying to <laughs> remember when, what I told no, you. No, when when Col- you were kind of hoping for him to choose Vietnamese. Yeah. But you let Pat, him you have the You know the story choice. better than I do. I know just because I love it. I love Kaladi, and and he said he he chose Spanish, and oh. he said why, and he said because that's the language that. Did you guys have a a guy that was working at your house that was? No, it was Handy Manny. Yes. Handy so Manny. He yes. said, "I want to be able to speak with." Yeah, because like, he want because he was yeah loving. The fact is that just that, so sweet? Yeah, a construction. That's, that's so handy, sweet. Uh, yeah, the handyman guy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this you know yeah. this six this five year old six year old chose chose Spanish. Spanish so that he could communicate with handyman. Handyman. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that that was. I can't believe you remember that, Pat. <laughs> I'm his dad, and I don't. I've got Man, where's your ARP <laughs> card, homie? Damn, seen that was creeping it up, is, brother. No, it's just hot. I had to drink <laughs> it's hot in here. <laughs> Golly, I was gonna. You brought up something that was very, uh, very much so. Okay, so I think that plus the fact that you get to. Kind of just be put in different environments to be comfortable with different cultures. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, there's not a lot of things in life that that prepares you like that. Right. Maybe college no. can, but college is still pretty yeah. no, it's fragmented. When you travel. Yeah, it's when you travel. It's when you travel. That's the only way you can experience what White Center has to offer. Yeah. If you travel. If you travel. Um, but at the same time, I think this is just like. Uh, a thing that you could just exist and see. But one th- one thing that I want to, to share is just kind of triggered a story in my brain. Um, you're talking about all these kids going to different folks' house and they can learn from this different ethnicity. I remember, and I'll just put it out there, I used to be fearful of communicating to white folks. <laughs> Damn. You, know you ain't the only one, bro. <laughs> you <ain't> Exposed. The- <laughs> All right, so let me, let me give you the backstory. The reason was, it wasn't intimidating. I just didn't feel like I understood the correct vernacular to use, yeah. the right body posture to, to, to display, mm. and how to just really interact with them. Yeah, I saw them in, a, in you know, positions of authority my whole life. My dad always told me, keep your head down, 
because we in their country. <laughs> God bless that man. I love him. Uh, but, you know, my dad gave me some really sound advice from a person that was a refugee immigrant that was teaching me how to survive, right, right. In, in this country. So um, my my interactions with, with, with folks that are, are white usually was that. And I just remember probably in high school, there was a crowd of kids that went to Sherwood Elementary, happened to be of that pigment of skin um <laughs> and like just interacting with their parents was helpful for me just talking and having conversations with them was helpful to me yeah because yeah. that was practice exactly yeah i mean you'll get your ones with your teachers but they're your teachers right and you uh speak a certain way to educators but just like outside of that you get a chance to, to communicate with folks that look like more of the majority culture mm-hmm. and you can kind of figure out how to oh i'm getting better at doing that sounds so minute Sounds so like stupid no, no, no. and trivial, <coughs> but not. it was the thing as it's a kid not. growing up in this neighborhood. No, it's real. It's yeah. that's real in any any it's community. Real. It doesn't matter, dude. Yeah, and I, mean, and I realized like you know like sometimes kids don't make it out of this neighborhood maybe because of that right inexperience cultural you know, difference. Yeah, going yeah. to going to college outside of it the first year is like whew, this is this place looks yeah. like White Center, but it's really not. <laughs> but yeah. I think that that was one of the things that was. Um, Kind of helpful for me yeah. when you, you mentioned that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. See, White Center, that's, I mean, without that, I mean, just having all those different cultures, I mean, how would you be able to talk to, to bridge those gaps? You know what I'm saying? To ha- be able to kind of like, all right, Cambodian, white, white, Mexican, African American, you know, being able to bring all those, those petri dishes of different cultures to just bring it into one big area. That is just White Center, which White Center is not that big. What no. is it? I think it's twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not that big, but you you put that many cultures it's in the one. Size and it's of just South Center parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! Dude. <laughs> no, it's from, not. It's from, bigger from than Target. No, it's what? It's hilarious. It's like half of you dumb. It's Costco. It's Costco. But oh not not God. the not the warehouse side. <laughs> not yeah. the warehouse. Well, at least we still what? got a sign, dude. <laughs> you know, we ain't that small. We still got a sign. All right. But but I think I mean, in in all seriousness, White Center has helped me with that type of communication too. I mean, being able to talk between cultures and just and then people look at you like you're a genuine individual. You know, I get I get a lot of people looking at me like he is real genuine. Yeah. And that's because of all the cultures I've been able to kind of step through yeah. and just kind of know how to interact with these different cultures yeah. and, and show respect and, and have that, that, that relationship. Because yeah. that's, that's important, man. That's what White Center gave me. And that's what I want to continue giving my kids and, mm-hmm. and everybody else is like, that's what matters. That's what's going to make your, that's what's going to be your moneymaker right there is being able to talk to these different cultures and being able to, to either unite or add to, you know? Yep, you leave with an anthropology degree. <laughs> Except for we don't get the degree, no, bro. We should, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh, I can write it. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. To, you got calligraphy? Got you got it. a little setup up there? Like White Center University. got Photoshop. I got, got a bachelor's Photoshop. from White Center University. <laughs> <laughs> we should start handing those out. You yeah, there we go. Yeah. Dude, you, you earned this. <laughs> 
We got some incredible things coming up also in the area. I think that we should definitely try to highlight. Yep, yep. So um, on July 11th through the 14th, there's a music and art camp happening, and it's happening at Lake Burien Church. Oh. And I'll put the the flyer on the the Inside White Center Instagram page, but it's going to be cool because I know the people that are putting it on. And they well, don't play. The it's Crystal. It's Crystal Hairston and mm-hmm. her worship arts team. And uh-huh. I mean, anybody can come. It'll be cool. There's gonna be. Uh, I know Megan Juan is teaching ukulele. What? There's some cool stuff happening. So, um, Lake B stepping up. I will in the post world. the flyer. It's music and art camp. It's free. Free is good. That's an F word that we all like, right? What about food? Uh, no, I don't. Think That's an F word we like too. <laughs> <laughs> I like that F word a lot. <laughs> Food and drinks, please. Yes. You're grounded. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) the other thing that's coming up is at Patrick's Cafe in White Center. And if you haven't been there yet, you need to. I was there last week and had uh, the Kahlua pig. Yeah, their food is bomb. They know what they're doing in that kitchen. And he's a baker. And so you should go in there and have the scone. Patrick's on the corner of, I don't even know, it's on... 15th. That's 15th, right? Yes. It's uh, across the street from uh, Popeye's. And across, yep. Yeah, yeah, right there next tree. to the Auto Zone. Yeah, behind Auto Zone. Yep. Yeah. So on Friday nights in July, they're going to have these uh, night called Island Vibes, and there'll be music. And uh, my guess is that we'll you'll be able to come sit on the porch. The porch is awesome. And um, uh, vibe with some island music. And I know the first uh, artist that they'll welcome next Next, this coming Friday is Kayla Fanini, and she's going to be there with the her youth. You've, and you've heard of her? I've heard of her. Yeah, did you heard, get, have you heard of her? <laughs> she's she's performed at Cultivate many times. We love Cultivate. Yeah, she's performed. Let's she's have killing. a moment for Cultivate of oh, silence. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that's at Patrick's. I um, got the go address for, real quick. Go for the music and the food. Go ahead. One zero 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 one three fifteenth Avenue Southwest. So yes, you're correct. Yes, yes. Patrick's Cafe. Um, let's see. Was that one hundred and third and fifteenth? Right. <laughs> but that's all I got. It was uh, nice to chat with you guys. It was. It, we should do yes. this more often. This has uh, definitely been beneficial to yeah. my soul. Yes, so. uh, submit your therapy session. Right. <laughs> if you this need way. to talk, come on in. <laughs> who oh. wants to? Who wants the last word? I'm good. P, you go ahead yes. and close us out. Well, you. It was really nice to be here. Mm. I'm glad that we decided to come in on a Sunday and just uh, chat. And uh, we'll be. Uh, I think what's next is Christian, Lisa, and Frank will sit down and they can sort of share their own thoughts about living in White Center. Part two. Part two. But other than that, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Have a good one.